Welcome to the Your Message Received podcast. And now, taking your message to the finish line, your host, John Duffin. Hey folks, John Duffin here, Duffin Media. Welcome back to another episode of Your Message Received. Your Message Received, the home, the place, the platform to help you find your best, most true, most authentic business voice. How do we do it? We bring people on who walk the walk. And today is no exception. I get to introduce, and I love saying this, former baseball player and submarine veteran, not to mention business coach and realtor and family man. And God, the intro would go on for days. And my friend, Nick Mershon. Welcome to the show, man. Oh, thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. It's, uh, there's a long list. Everyone's like, how old are you? Like, look, I've, we've done some stuff before. Yeah. And it's also... Learn. podcast host and one of the very <laughs> cool things uh i am grateful to say that i was lucky enough to be invited to guest on mershon minutes and wherever you get your pods make certain that you were listening to mershon minutes especially the one that i'm on not that that's <laughs> a gratuitous Sh- um, shameless <laughs> plug up front the one with john's the best one because we've got to do it twice no, no. <laughs> and you can and as Nick said earlier before we went live, anything worth doing is worth doing twice. And so there's a great example. But I love the fact, like I said again, that, that for you so much in terms of this, your unbridled ability to be of service, your ability to be one of the more authentic people that I've ever encountered, and also so much wrapped into family. Tell me a little bit in regards yeah. to, you said you got a baseball dad, you're a baseball yeah, for dad. Sure. What was that Absolutely. like, man? Yeah, yeah. So then that's where the, really the, the, the opinion of others was thrown out at like, I don't know, 10 or 11, right? Because dad played ball for the Reds for a year mm-hmm. and they, they figured out, Hey, he, he can only hit a little. Um, but the the work ethic that you're going to be good at this thing that hey here is something that I was great at that you're going to go be great at mm-hmm. was taught to me and all the brothers and a bunch of them are still playing right so but it was you're going to put the work in you're going to be good at what you do and if you're going to be here like, you're going to be going 110 percent you're not just going to do this here you're not going to come in half ass at anything okay right so that was where. The the easier like the more the more we did it the easier it became but it was also a like everybody else is going on vacation everybody else is doing X Y and Z right like we're gonna go hit we're gonna go put the extra work in we're gonna go do all the rest of it so the the initial sacrifice of your your childhood or your nor whatever the normal family was like now we're gonna go play baseball and it's it's what the, the all my little brothers still do are you were you aware of that as a little kid. No, no, no. Uh, all I knew Everyone's was... Everyone's going on vacation and we're not and all that sort right. of thing. Uh, right. Um, so it was more of a, like invited to go do X, Y, or Z with the friends and we would have a tournament or we would have something else or I would have some other thing that I would have to go do, which um, did I miss out on some things? Mm-hmm. Sure, if you want to call it missing out, but it also wouldn't have, like, I wouldn't have been as good. I wouldn't have gotten scholarships. I wouldn't have had all the opportunities I had on that end to to play and do everything else that I did. Yeah, and, and, and I would have to think that part of the fun would be this ability to be able to get to do things that a lot of other people don't get to do. Uh, of course. You know, 
whether it's a little kid or whether in, whether in college, I mean, so if I got it right, it's Furman University in Florida Southern, yep. right? So you yep. get to go into somewhat of, not somewhat, an elite field, whether of athletes, team, you get to travel sure. and all that stuff, you know? Right. And that was where the, because like, I was traveling 15, 16, 17, like I was, I was on my own for a weekend playing baseball. Right. So the the amount of opportunities I had, the people I got to meet, the be on the field with the Tigers at Florida Southern. Right. None of that would have happened if dad wouldn't have pushed me. Um, and that was really the. The one of the, the biggest moments in my life. Right. My grandpa died in oh four. Right. Oh, five, somewhere in there. Right. Um, and so they were down here in Florida. He was on the panhandle. Right, but on the way back, Dad's like, "Hey, there's this tryout." I got done playing ball, uh, failed out of my second college, right? And Dad's like, "There's this tryout over here for the for I don't even remember who it was for. I think it was the Rangers. It was somebody, right?" And he's okay, like, "Well, yeah. you're gonna go to this tryout." I'm like, "Dad, I didn't even bring my stuff." He's like, "All your stuff's in the truck. I got you." I was like, "Awesome," <laughs> right? So, um, I'm I'm not doing so hot, right? The grandpa died. He was close to me, right. and uh, I, I roll up to this tryout. I'm like, "Ah, oh, here we go. Here, here we go again, right? If, if we got a shot, we got this shot." And as I'm standing in line, right, one of the, the scout that's running it was the guy that recruited was recruiting me in South Carolina, right? So his name's Charles Aliano. He's a slow scout. So shout out to oh. Charles if he's listening. But he's like, he's like, Nick, why aren't you playing anywhere? I was like, oh, what's up, Charles? How you doing, man? <laughs> um, I was like, Charles, I don't like going to class. So like, I can still hit a baseball. I'm still running throw. We still do all the things. Um, and he looks at me. He's like, I don't have. It's like I don't have a. He's like, he's like, all right, well, let's see what you got, right? So. I go out there. I ran. I ran normal, right? I ran like a six, 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 seven, um, and then I threw. I think I threw twice. Everybody else throws five, six times. I threw twice from right field. And it's like Nick, you're good. Come on. Um, but that first at bat, that first at bat, because uh, like? it's just the, it's, it's just the catcher calling it, right? It's just the catcher mm -hmm. calling it. Um, I've I've got it's, it's two two, right? So I've got two balls, two strikes on me, and there's this borderline borderline pitch. I don't know. I, I thought it was out for, from a lefty, right? And I look back at the catcher, and catcher looks at me, and he's like, he's like, all right, cool. Uh, next pitch I hit, I don't know, 480, not 480, probably 4, 425 to left center, right? So bomb, and I'm trotting around the bases. Um, but in that moment, I was like, that was grandpa, is what that was. Like, that was, I was like, I'm not, I, I'm not. So fast forward to the end of that tryout, Charles is like, Hey Nick, I, do you want to play here? He's like, my my rookie ball team doesn't have any, but I can get you into this college. I was like, Charles, I don't think you can get me into this college, right? Um, so that's how I got my shot at Florida Southern. Fast forward another six months, we're at Florida Southern. We get to step on the field with the Detroit Tigers. So got to play against Todd Jones, Joel Zamaya, Carlos Gee, and Pudge Rodriguez, right when they had the the o five o six team, but mm. one for three with a double. This is uh, one for three, right? This, yeah, it's all in Florida, right? So their their rookie ball team or their spring training is right there in Lakeland. It was Lakeland. So Florida, Florida, weird, yeah. weird stuff that that, that yeah. I yeah I was going to guess Lakeland. Great. Right. So Fl Florida Southern plays them in a scrimmage game, right? Mm -hmm. But I get to go one for three, so I get to I get to live out my childhood dream of playing against major leaguers. I go one for three with a double and an RBI. Uh, none of that happens if Dad doesn't say hey. Mm -mm. Like if my grandpa doesn't die, none of that happens, right? So I. And if dad doesn't push me there, none of that happens. So that was the, at, at that time, highlight of my career, highlight of my life, because I got to be on the field with a bunch of major leaguers. And that was what I wanted to do as a kid. So it was awesome. So it sounds like your dad, if I, if I heard you correctly, uh, it sounds like your dad is 
while he pushes, doesn't sound like the hardened type. And I don't know if that's so or not. When you're like, oh, don't worry, I got you. I got oh, like all that stuff. It, it, did it feel like that it's not um, the great Santini, uh, so to speak? Uh, <laughs> or, it or does no. now. At the time, at the time it was. Right. Okay. At the time it was because right. um, like we, we went back and forth on all sorts of stuff. Right. It was the usual father. Like I'm the oldest. He's trying to figure it out. He's being the best dad he can be. Um, but no, he he, he pushed hard okay. and I, I, I don't blame him for it at all. Like I, I hold nothing like there was no grudges there. We still have a great relationship. Um, but looking back on it now, like it was exactly what I needed. OK, so at no, at no point was it detrimental if that's uh, if, if that was the, yeah. the question. Yeah. What would you say are the best takeaways that you got from going through the baseball experience? Yeah. Um, so there, so like you have no idea when that last time is going to happen, right? Especially right. like when it matters, right? Like you're going to go play mentally, you can do whatever else, but the just the discipline of, hey, what do you actually want to do? Right. Where are you going? And then what, like, what is the work that's going to take to get there? Like, what are you going to have to give up to get there? Because people, mm -hmm. people always make the, People always make the the goal sheet, right? Like, hey, here's what I'm going to go do, but they never make the here's what I'm going to give up. Here's what here's the price I'm willing to pay to get there. So it's not just the hey, here's where I'm going. Like, I, I sit down and make the what are you willing to give up? What are the things that you would be okay missing to get to that next level? So it's really the the discipline side of it, the ability to put your mind to something, and then the it's just the confidence of stepping in the box, right? Like if you can't. If you can't step in there and say, I, I am a thousand times better than you, this ball's going off the scoreboard or this ball's going somewhere crazy, like you've already lost. Like, don't even step in the box. It's the same in business. It's the same on the phones. It's the same in a relationship, right? Like, you're like, oh man, I hope this happens. You're, you're already at a disadvantage. So you're writing the steps down, as you're saying. You're literally like, like you're writing the work, the process. 100%. Absolutely. When I, I was, I, don't, I think, and I didn't know what I was doing at the time, yeah. right? But I was, 13 or 14, right? And I just made a little shoebox of all the things I wanted to accomplish by my senior year of high school and put it away and open it up four years later. Like, I didn't, I didn't know that I was manifesting. I didn't know that I was saying, hey, here's what I want to do. But I was doing all of the things that I've since learned about on, like, every step of the way. Who planted that seed? You? Oh, I remember seed. Meaning that I'm going to write all this down at 30. Yeah, yeah, no, um... I don't, I don't, I don't know who initially planted that seed. It was like I was always reading, like, not always called self help books, but I read like Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People As when I was super young. I read, yeah, I read The Power of Positive Thinking when I was super. So I just read a bunch, um, and then I also had, I had the cars uh, on the walls. I had the baseball stuff on the walls. Like I had the pictures up there before everybody vision boarded, but they were just like what I woke up to because you were whatever. 12, 13, 14. I'm like, oh, this is what I'm going to go do, right? So I had it I had it here in front of me all the time. I love um, but You said yeah. something earlier talking about when you're talking to coaches, I don't think I can get in or I don't like going to class, but it had very little to do with I don't want to learn, it sounds like. Correct. Correct. Right? It was, okay. it was, right. Right. And that's the, like, figure out what you want to learn. I, I have this conversation with my 14-year-old brother, all 15-year-old brother all the time. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I hate school. I was like, you don't like you hate what you're learning at school, right? Mm -hmm. So I was super, super into like the stats, the baseball psychology, the the how do I 
be better as a player? Or how do I learn about whatever the things where I was interested in? Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're going to put me in a physics class and ask me how far, how fast the ball's going six feet when I throw it off a 20 foot hill, like I don't care. I just care that the ball goes over the fence. Did your right? family encourage you to keep thinking that way when you were younger? Or so so no, no. okay okay so yeah so uh, i was the experimental child right i'm the oldest of seven yeah we moved to south carolina when i was 10 but mm-hmm. uh I, I got homeschooled uh seventh eighth eighth and ninth right so they held me back so i could play ball another year mm-hmm. um so it was like there was structure but it was also what else are you learning what else are you, it was always what else are you learning right so obviously you have what you're reading writing math for history um but the, the what else are you learning side of that was always prevalent. And like there was always something else. We didn't have TV for the majority of my time growing up. So mm-hmm. what else are you going to learn? What else are you going to go do? Hey, let's go play catch. Let's go hit. Which is different than a lot of families. And the only question 100%. I have for you is, do you remember getting or feeling any sort of pushback or resistance? You're the experimental. I'm the oldest of five. But I mean, I remember right. there was no thought or conversation of, Will you be homeschooled? It was no. I'll be at St. Dominic. Oh no, there was no. Else, um, you know what I mean? What was like? Right, said, did you right. feel that sense of what the hell's going on? Uh, a little, right? Because I'm like you. You've met me. I'm a I'm a people person. Um, yeah. So when they're like, "Hey, this is a thing," like there were a couple classes where I was out there, but it wasn't like it is now, where you've got giant co-op communities, you've got hordes mm-hmm. of people that are homeschooling their kids, and they have their own little like we had. A couple people but we were the weirdos right like this yeah, was right, so right. oh this was like early 90s or sorry mid 90s we're the weirdos right yeah. uh, um so was it was there push now like i did did i want to go to school like if i think if you asked dad he would still say i got expelled right but i went i went to school i went back to high school because you couldn't be homeschooled and play high school sports in yeah. south carolina at that time yeah so yeah that's see that's to me i i i think you would said earlier talking about that sense of worrying about what other people think went away at like 10 or 11. If I heard that right, it's like, that's the thing because it, it, it's sometimes if you're shielded in any way by, you know what I mean? A loving family or whether it, you know, or, or whether it is a locked in mindset or, or, or the, those sorts of things, then it doesn't matter. But right. people, I, as growing up in Philadelphia, that never occurred to me. Um, and I remember feeling a lot anyway. So, like I said, I kind of like the fact in, in terms of this, that you were taking the road less traveled as a kid. Correct. You know, and, and even if there was pushback, you're not really feeling it. And I think that therefore it's like, okay, so what's the problem? You know, uh, <laughs> what the hell's the problem, man, you from... are big. I'm shifting away from baseball, although because... as I said, I'm a baseball nut, but I really think you one of the things i remember early in meeting you via linkedin way past all this stuff right was that sense of how it, protective might not be the word i want but it's the words coming to me in regards to protective in regards to vets and helping vets and and bringing them along for your ride and sure. and then to see like i said you're a submarine vet um okay here's a terrible bonehead question but i'll risk it so right, i look okay. at your current your former baseball stats and you're 6'3 190 how are you lumbering yeah. around in the sub 
Oh, it was, uh, I was probably, so I think I was 210 on the boot camp. And then it was, uh, I was probably 225 by the time I got to the boat. But it was. I love that you called like, it. Boat. You, you learned real quick. You learned right. real quick where you can be and where you can't be. But we had, we had a couple guys on the boat, uh, Marcus Johnson, Tim Hockfeld. Uh, Marcus was 6'8", Hockfeld was 6'10", or 6'6", six, six and 6'10". They, they had to, like, they had to cut out, uh, like, a hole a hole in this guy's rack and put a ledge in so that he could sleep, right? So, and I think there were, like, two spots on the boat where they could stand up. But uh, I still think there should be a, a height limit on on the submarine side because the amount of head injuries that Doc mm-hmm. treats or the amount of just concussions, it's always right. fun when... When the little guys hit their heads, mm-hmm. it was awful. Well, because they're usually uh, they're cruising around at a, at a normal speed, right? Like we're we're all okay. I can't go, but like the little dudes are like, ah, we're like, oh shit, like, that's, that's gonna be <laughs> stitches. We, can, we need everything. Like we got blood everywhere. Come here. Um, but you you learned real quick. Right? You learned real quick. Hey, I think in that first my first three months on board, um, not, not allowed to tell the story, right? But um, I set up a load line and ran, ran my head in steel beam. Normal speed, blood everywhere, passed out. Uh, probably eight, six, six or eight stitches in the forehead. It's still up here. Um, but that was two months in, three months in. So, like, you learn real quick what what you can and can't do or where you can and can't go. How did you keep the mental game? I get, as you're explaining the physical part, like, I, I, I was half kidding. But it just, I saw one sub in my life at Pearl Harbor. Right. So I, I remember my dad was a Navy guy, but he let when he was alive, he laughingly said he never saw a submarine What was on a boat in San Diego. So he never felt danger. Uh, you know what I mean? But this is much more real. And I remember being on the sub before I knew you. And I'm like, I can't even fathom anybody at any height or any weight with the mental endurance to be able to be in spaces this tight. How were you able to mentally lock in the fact that you, I mean, yeah. you had no choice, but how did you do it? For sure. Yeah. So it was, so you slept with eight other dudes, right? So you, you had a normal, let's just call it a normal space, right? But you had triple bunk beds on every side of the wall and a wall that you walked in, right? Um, right. And then we had 120 or so, 130, but they were either 130 of your closest friends or 130 of your worst enemies. Mm-hmm. You found out quick. Um, which side you on? There were a bunch. Of, they did a bunch of screening before you get down, right. but once like once we were down there, especially when new guys came on board, like we could tell. We could probably tell within a week. Hey, are you going to make it or not? Right, and this is and they wouldn't just fly guys out when we were on deployment. Be like, hey, go right. So when they were pretty strategic on when you brought new people on and how they made it or didn't make it. Um, but we only had really one instance where we had somebody like lose their lose their mind underway and had to like watch them for, for a little bit but outside of that it was hey hey you're gonna be here in two weeks okay hey, here's the person that, you, that you're reporting to but here's your like everybody had a battle buddy so you had like that first month that person's job was to make sure that you knew who everybody was you got through everything you're supposed to get through then they were a part of your department your department or your division too every step of the way so it was just like massive onboarding on hey do you have everything you need how are your like? Do you have a spouse? Do you have kids? Do you, whatever else. But you were you had somebody that had been on board for probably a year that knew their way around everything. That was like, okay, cool. Here, here are your next steps. Go. And He's that was before you even training. before you even showed up. 
Yeah, yeah. in business, right. they used to call it on the job training. So they yep. made certain that you were not flying, you were not flying solo. Correct, the, like, correct. Space, it was, you know. right. It was like a mini, mini apprenticeship program for that first anywhere six months to a year on board anyway, because you knew, everybody knew damage control, obviously, but you didn't know a whole lot about your job showing up. Right. So like you got through school, you got through your initial school in the Navy, but then right. you got to the boat and you, Hey, here's how we actually do it. Right. So you had a bunch of qualifications that you get through every step of the way. So we were always learning, Hey, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Every step of the way. So what was the longest you were down? Uh, so it was, it was the reason that uh, my, my podcast releases at three, three, two, nine, every time um, it, it was, it was not 329 days, but we call it the chub deployment because we would name our watch sections after old boats. Right. And the chub was SS three, two, nine. But we were down for 130, I think, that on that one. And that was like oh, the longest ever. Our next two were longer than that. So our next one was like 141. The one after that was like 150. Yeah. Um, but that was the first one that was the longer one. And best one of the best crews I've ever been a part of. Right. So those guys on the Georgia Blue know who they are. But that was one where they said, hey, we're going to be back. Hey, we're going to be back by Halloween. Right. And we got, I think we landed back in the States January 12th. Yikes. Right. So, uh, so no but, but no it was, Thanksgiving, no Christmas, no, no Right. Right. No but it was all, all right. in January 12th. Right. Yikes. For sure. For sure. And our, like our captain at the time was awesome. He came over and he's like, Hey guys, uh, here's what we're doing. We're doing some great stuff. We're going to be out here for a little bit, but there was no, usually there's like a workup for an inspection at the end. Mm hmm. He's like, we're just going to clean. We're just going to work. And we're just going to be here. He's like, so we're going to make this as fun as we possibly can in the situation that we're at. So like we play, we were playing cards. We were learning. We we're doing all sorts of stuff to just keep the, like keep morale up. Right. Like we, I still have a picture. I'll see if I can find it. Yeah. Um, of like, we decorated the missile tubes. Like they were like the, the mantle for Christmas. Right. So like our, our team or our, our bunk room had like family picture with Christmas hats on. Then we hung like hung stockings for everybody. So it was, is it like hard is the wrong word. It wasn't hard. Mm -hmm. It was just, are you, are you in a spot where you can do the same thing every single day and be good at it? Right. Cause obviously some, some watches are better than others. Just like some of bats are better than others, but are you still doing it every day? Are you getting better? Because mm -hmm. you're not showing up and you're like, oh, hey, go in the exact same spot. Okay, cool. It's the same thing. Like, no, you still have to get better every day. And for that six hours or eight hours, you're there. It's you and you got a bunch of guys asleep, you know, hoping that you're doing your job properly. So I would have to think you basically defined a blueprint for succeeding in business <laughs> by right. just pretty much that pretty much. You know I mean? Right. And that's right. the reason it matters to me so much because like I, the foundations to me are really important in regards right. to like, like like creating legit foundations i think one of the cool things about you is like i said that, that you are a worker a hustler yeah but i mean i'd also say a, like a really consistent worker and here's a couple of examples as to why the baseball career where that was like i said all of that the service career how why does it matter that you continue to bring other vets along for the ride with you yeah oh yeah because that's so my last two years i was uh, i was a career counselor yeah right so it yeah. was help, helping guys get out but my first month month and a half out like i didn't i didn't have a job right like we were i had to borrow money from the folks that mm -hmm. 
that second month, like just to float the mortgage to get everything else rolling. I was like, I don't know, like, because it's easy to easy to advise people when you're in. You've never gone through it, right? You're like, oh, hey, do X, Y, and Z, do these things, do yeah. do, do whatever it is. That's not a rip on any of the counselors that are in. So no, some of those are great people. Right. They're doing the best they can, right? But right. once I saw, hey, like this is a real thing. This is a real issue. Um, I just wanted to document my journey, right? So then that's where, and I still have to find the article. The article is out there somewhere. It was back when LinkedIn articles mattered. But I wrote, um, I wrote a, an article about the job search as a military guy, right? Six months after I had the job. So I was like in a good spot, but I, I walked through like the, the mental stuff. I walked through three or four different steps on what I went through mm-hmm. just on, hey, like your job is to get a job. Hey, your job also doesn't define you as a person. And that's another thing that people have a big issue with, right? Like, hey, am I making enough money? Like making a million dollars, you making $10 million, you making a billion dollars, or you making a hundred dollars a day. Mm-hmm. It doesn't define who you are, right? So like, let's put that out there first. But it, for me, it was, hey, I'm in a spot now where I can at least teach those guys that are a year and a half from getting out. Those guys that are two years from getting out. Those guys right. that are, hey, I'm out, I'm out three months. What do I do? Mm-hmm. Start now. And I almost think there should be a like a career advisor on the way into the military mm-hmm. on like, what are you trying to get out of it? Because mm-hmm. nobody talks, we, we talk about it on the way out, but nobody talks about, hey, what are you trying to get out of it on the way in? Right. And for me, it was like, I know you're going to pay for my school. And I know I'm going to learn some skill that's transferable to the real world, right? So we had kid one on the way. And I was like, well, bartending is cool, but I don't have, like, I had my, a couple of my uncles were trying to give me money to not join. I was like, this is really cool. I would have money, but like, then what? And then that the money's not goes, giving me, and then the, right. That money's not, right. And then I'm still in the exact same spot. Correct. Right. Correct. Right. So the, wherever, wherever you're at. So now I just tell people, hey, are you learning or are you, or are you earning? Mm-hmm. Where, whatever job. And you should be doing both. Like if you can find a place where you can do both and they love it, go stick there and stay there. Yeah. I think one of the things, and I love that you said that one, something else like I'm learning later in life, which is, and I went through a long gap that I wish I had realized this, but I didn't, uh, which is the simple, you talked about whether you're earning a million, a billion, a hundred, whatever. So I'll add one more thing that I think about too, which is the way that you earn the money, I feel like matters a whole lot less uh, as it regards to prestige, so to speak. Uh, sure. I remember going through, a like, I, I grew up in a blue-collar family with five kids, and, and so it wasn't like we were any sort of a highbrow family. But I once you, for my personally, get the taste of some success, for some reason, I felt very highbrow. And so, like, yeah. if there was a problem, you know, where I was bored with my job, I never thought, you know, start like start a roofing company or whatever and now i know people in my circle that are making money hand over fist because they're not foolish correct i guess what i was going to ask you is with the thought that i have is like you had two prior careers and i'm including baseball as a career that were like sound so good but you were one of the smart ones where you're writing down, and I'm guessing this that continued as you were in the military. Of course. You know what I mean? What are you getting in? Yeah, and you say, of course, where most people are like, what? Um, I guess the question is that it's like with so many people, like, like I see it now, knowing you that I've interviewed, I remember at companies like former ball players. I've interviewed okay. former military people, and I thought it was fascinating and had no idea why they would be capable of being in the job that I was interviewing for. 
other than oh sure. this is cool there you know what right. I mean? tell me tell right. me about that home run tell me about yeah. the submarine right but the qualifications there was no bridge or link you just identified the fact that you said an, an intro strategy and an exit strategy yep. as you see it when you started to realize that you were that you have like this business co well coaching mentality right sure um yep. with business acumen what are some of the things that you were implementing in terms of helping yourself hence the yeah. to you as yeah. well as you know what i mean helping other people for sure for sure so for for me it, it was really simple right for me it yeah. was like we're at, at 11 right at, at six like i was i was i, I, I was born in august i was uh, a cubs baseball player my first mm -hmm. halloween right so like yeah. uh, from birth essentially let's say right it was hey like i want to be on the field playing ball with the major league members, mm -hmm. right so cool like we checked that box we didn't check the way that i thought we would check it right but we checked the box right so for and then i do the same thing for businesses mm -hmm. right like where are you now mm -hmm. well what's what's the outcome we want right and there's there's always a gap there's always and it's either a knowledge gap it's a skill gap or it's an application gap right it's not especially today yeah today it's not a knowledge problem it's a, you don't have that, you either don't have that skill set or you don't know it exists, mm -hmm. right? So like, just, just like in, in, in the workout world, eat, eat less, eat better, move more, drink more water. Okay, cool. Got it. Right. But where, where are you now? Where are you going? Mm -hmm. What needs to happen between there? And then like, who are you learning from? Mm -hmm. Who are you learning from is always hugely important in this day of mass inundation. Mm -hmm. like, pick one or two. Learn from those people for six months. Learn, learn what they did. Go and apply because somebody's already done. Somebody's already done what you want to do. There's hundreds, hundreds. I don't know about hundreds of thousands, but there's thousands of guys that have played major league baseball. Yeah. Okay. Cool. There's thousands of people that have done whatever business you want to be in. There's thousands of people that are wherever you want to be, and that's why, like the, the vet thing, is like was a huge part of what I was doing. It's still mm -hmm. a, a, a little smaller now, but the guys that have been out for two or three years are the guys that I can go advise. Why? Right? Because, Why? Hey, Why hey, hey, because, 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 they, because they've got that, they, they've got their first job out of the way. Right. And everybody always talks yeah. about your military transition, right. Or whatever yeah. your job transition right. is like it, that never ends. It doesn't ever stop. Mm -hmm. You just got your first job out of the military. Congratulations. Yeah. The, the corporate world is not the military where you have to stay here for 20 years. If you wants to. Right, the majority of it's I don't know what the number is. It's decreased here recently, which is good. But I think as I was getting out, is in that seventy to eighty percent of vets are in a different job after year one, getting out. Right, so everybody treats it like, oh, hey, okay, cool, you got your job, you're good to go. And they're like, mm -mm. are are you pumped? Are you excited? Are you making the money you want to make? Right, and that's where just the the mindset of I made seventy five while I was in the military, cool, so I need to make eighty five on the outside to be even. Throw all that out the window. What do you actually want to do? Mm -hmm. how much money do you want to make what what do you actually well, how do you actually want to live and that's where the the networking side and just being around the right people is like for me number one everywhere i go all right so tell me who inspired you early on Business. yeah so absolutely so i i had three different recruiting firms working for me uh, and and they all knew it right so uh, Damon Grimes at Lucas Group, thank you for all of the work and effort that you did getting me placed in my first position. Uh, Mike Jennings worked, uh, owns a recruiting firm, Majority Current owned a recruiting firm. All three of them knew that they were competing against me or competing for me, right? But right. Jordy interviewed me three months later 
uh, just talking about my journey and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But so, uh, so on the recruiting side, those three helped me. Uh, on the who was I looking up to, uh, yeah. or who helped me out the most? Or Matt Rosebach. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, so, on the path. Absolutely. Right. So, Matt Rosebach up at Ohio State uh, was a Tillman fellow and right. knew, like, knew all about some just other things that existed. Right. And I sent him my resume. I think I was a year out when I sent him my resume. And he's like, all right, Nikki, you ready? Mm-hmm. I said, Matt, I've been yelling at my whole life. He's like, your resume's trash. I said, cool. What else? He's like, he's like, here's how you should structure it. Here's how you should do X, Y, and Z. I was like, awesome, cool. I'd never, I'd never revamped my resume since I got out. Right. So he was X, he was the one of the first people that I met where like he introduced me to seven, eight different people and career took off exponentially. So you just identified also the fact, in addition to awesome on your LinkedIn page, you also identified the fact that you are thick skinned in the sense that as you said, all right, fine, so what? All right, fine, so what? Um Right. I I'll speak for me. I ain't identifying yeah. anybody else but myself. I I still fight that. You know that okay. sense of hurt feeling. Yeah. I still do. I mean, I get it. I I like to think of right. myself as coachable, teachable. But that's sure. impressive that you are like, hey, that's fine. Resumes trash. Great. What's next? Blah, blah. Right. Well, that, that's the that so you. Or did that come? Yes, from the uh, not always. Okay, so not always. Right? Um, like I, I was, I was still the kid. Like I had to learn this freshman year at Furman, right? Because like, I would just get pissed after a strikeout, after like right, the right. failing, and that hadn't. It didn't click that hey, like the 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 hold the emotion in fine. Like like I learned a lot freshman year at Furman just from a being coachable standpoint because right. it was like it, it was Billy Badass in the baseball world, and hey, like I, I was good. I wasn't Billy Badass, but I was good. Mm-hmm. freshman year for me right yeah. so moving moving that to everything else like when we, we've got people like i've got people that i've worked with now that are like hey are you open to feedback i just if if i'm screwing something up just throw it at me i kind of yeah. you don't need to ask that question ever again hey nick here's here's what you did here's how i think you'd approach this better here's x y and z um but that was always like that was everywhere that was mm-hmm. That was in the baseball world. That was lifting. That was in the submarine force, right? Like the first thing they taught you was like be open. Like if you didn't know why you were doing something, hey, here's what you were doing. And like we were correcting each other all the time on, mm-hmm. hey, how do we get better? How do we get better? How do we get better? So that and that's where your your level of improvement once you hit that certain level, like you can't stop. Mm-hmm. You're like, ah, we're good. I made it. Uh, my one of my best baseball coaches that I ever played for, Steve Grant. Yeah. Uh, still here in Greenville, South Carolina. So you're either green and growing or you're and rotten, right? So like, give me so. the expression again. You're either green and growing. Yeah, or you're rotten. either green and growing or you're ripe and rotten. <laughs> so th- th- it was it was a don't get essentially like you're never too good. I love this. I love this. Yeah. It, it, it's one of these things where it's like I, I I came to this weird realization that it was like I the moment I realized that I get to go further when I stop having that sort of, oh, you hurt my feelings. Right. <laughs> it, it, right. It, it was like magical, you know? I'm not saying I still exactly. I like it, but the fact no. is, it, it, it's, I, I think one of the things I see for you is you're a risk taker. And, and, and you've put yourself out there. That's the past stuff. The present stuff for me is even more interesting in the sense that you took a leap of faith professionally, uh, you literally moved from your family to Miami 
to establish yep. a coaching career with with a major Absolutely. organization. Absolutely, but it's like, for sure. Literally, what was that like in your mind? I mean, look, you've got a, a great wife who's a wonderful artist and progressive artist, and and I forget four hundred and thirty seven kids. I think if I remember correctly, ah, um, only, only only eight. Oh, 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 that's not. Let's, let's see if we get to four hundred thirty seven. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to now pack up and split to help the family. What was that like? Or establish the family, whatever. Like, yeah. Esta like establishes. Yeah. Establishes the right word. Right. Because it wasn't um, like we've never been hurting. Right. But it, right. it was it, it, it is the getting away from surviving into thriving. And I knew with that opportunity, mm -hmm. Like that was it. There, there was zero doubt in my mind, right? Like uh, that was, I was, that was the first, not, not the first, it was the first time in a while where I'm 40 days. I was like 35, 40 days into the job. And I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. Mm -hmm. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Here it is. Here, here's this. I felt this resistance before. Cool. Like we need to lean into this. We need to go. We need, because on the other side of this is, is where it happens. Right. So that's mm -hmm. your, but all of that was like, I don't make that jump in 2018, two years out of the Navy. Like I, I don't, I, I don't, okay. there were, there were two or three things along the way that had to happen before I was like, okay, cool. Like I, I have to bet on myself. I have to think bigger. I have to go do all the rest of this. Right. So, and that's why like, I, I always share, uh, it's, it's a song by uh, an EDM, like EDM group here, but like that, that you've always been ready thing that I post on my, yeah, my story absolutely. all the time. Like, yep. If if you're afraid or you're not sure, like that's the time to go. Mm -hmm. That's the time to go. And then I also started mm -hmm. diving more into just the phys physiological side of like anxiety versus fear, yeah. right? And Dan, Dan Cook has a great a great skit on or a great interview on this where he's talking about like, are you scared or are you just so excited that you're about to effing win? And you just don't, and you wanted to yell at the top of the world, right? And I was like, Dane, this is awesome. Go. No. Um, but yeah, the if you ever have the chance to, like, say that doesn't say that doesn't work out, right? I moved down here in twenty twenty one. Okay, cool. I, I can move back to North Carolina. I can go do. I can go make, get the job making seventy five eighty, and mm -hmm. we're gonna be okay, mm -hmm. right? But like that was the worst thing. So like when thank you Navy for operational risk analysis, and thank you college recruiting for. Hey, where should you go? But I just like, and it's not a T chart at this point. But if you need to T chart it, hey, what's what's the best thing that happens? What's the worst thing that happens? Okay, cool. Like how? And then that's also like you said it. I'm a risk taker. Yeah. Right? So what's what's your individual risk tolerance? If you don't know what that is yet, or you're a little more passive, then have somebody have somebody that's going to push you, right? Just like if you're a risk taker, like I am, have somebody that's going to ask a question or two that's in your circle on hey. Did we think this through? Did we think about X, Y, and Z? So you have an objective third party you can bounce stuff off of. Uh, and that's not, not with a decision, but just, hey, here's what I'm thinking. Ha have one or two people in your corner that you can ask that question to and have them give you straight up feedback. Yeah. I think it's you just define the differences between the sense of, of somebody that, that, you know, a gentle nudge and, and, and a boot in the backside. Like, it's like... Right. But I think what really resonates to me is that reminder. You're asking people in your core. You're not taking rando surveys and like, oh, hey, no. you know what I mean? This, no. this, is, this is the people that, you know, that you can right. trust, that you've developed trust with or you've been through something with. And right. it's like, 
And I, and I love that because that's the part of the risk. You said about 30, like 30, 40 days in, you're unsure, you know, if, if this is working. What was it like when you realized it was so? When it was, oh, you know what? Yeah. Like, you're, like you said, the other side. What was yeah. Oh, the other, side? the other side. Uh, the other. I mean, the other side was uh, you know? great. Just, just great people, right? Like, I, I never. I walked into. It was the first time in a while where I walked into work every day, and I was pumped to be there. Okay. P pumped to be there, right? So great people, great energy, around the right folks, learning from great people, and it, it was it, once again, it was still never you made it, but. There are there were twelve of us, thirteen of us, yeah, and we were also awesome. and and still are right. Some phenomenal, phenomenal people. I was like, cool. This is this is a, a this is a great place to be uh, for the time that I was there. But mm -hmm. it was it was people pushing you. It was people believing you. It was hey, here's here's a two or three places you can get better, right? And that's mm -hmm. where if and I think I talked about this on on mine, right? But like the. I listen to two active listening courses, right? And that's as a major in communications as an undergrad that I thought I'd never use, but watched two active listening courses that change the way I coach, change the way I sell, change the way I do everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And then for those of you in relationships, it took me seven and a half years to ask, um, do you want me to solve it or do you want me to listen? So that's, that's the other thing for those of you that are trying to figure out the relationship side of things and you're a solver like I am. Like, I don't, I don't need you to solve it right now. I just, I just wanted to, just wanted you to hear me. And I'm like, ah, okay, <laughs> I will put my hearing cap on and my listening cap on and not try and solve this. So it's just where the brain jumps. Half years it took you. Did I hear that? Oh right? yeah. Seven and a half years. So uh, seven and a half years. Drudge the first seven and a half years. Yeah. Um, what was the realization that that was a tactic that would work for you? You, um, you adapted you changed and that's yeah yeah so uh i don't know if i don't know if this was uh i think this might have been pre-chris voss too so the guy that wrote never yeah. split the difference right um i don't i don't know who who i heard that from mm -hmm. but i was like oh okay mm -hmm. um but like i've also tailored my like my tiktok and my instagram to be oh, and your linkedin yeah yeah well I've, I've tailored all that to be like beneficial to me Right? Mm -hmm. So like you can sit there and scroll on Instagram all day or scroll on TikTok all day, mm -hmm. but I've learned more about taxes, relationships, sales, business on the social media platforms than I have at probably any institution outside of uh, Tuck up at Dartmouth. Shout out to my next step people. Oh, Northwestern too, so, right? I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. That right, was, so. um, yeah, that data-driven consulting course was mm -hmm. phenomenal people. Hey, here's how you, here, here, like everybody has the data. How are you explaining it? Are you telling a story with it? Because if I just show you a graph, Mm -hmm. Cool. The charts up and to the right. This is where you want to be, right? That yeah, I didn't, you didn't tell me a story with it at all. So, and that's where my shout out to my roommate. Um, he's got this this deck of cards called like storytelling tactics. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I go over those with I, I go over those with the kids at night now. So, like those are like, hey, get up there for three minutes, talk about X, Y, and Z, and we just mini Toastmasters essentially, mm. whatever they want to talk mm. about. Give me, if you don't mind, give me, give us the range of your kids in age. Uh, 16 to two. Got it. Okay. And then essentially every, every two years, if you math. Okay. Yeah. There. Yeah. I was starting to think <laughs> everybody, I said, it, 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 it's nice. It's nice, easy math. And I think, and thank you for all of us for making your family divisible by two. Uh, <laughs> so you, 
are, I think one of the things that you, one of the gifts that you have in regards to communications uh, is the sense of brevity and clarity. When you speak, when you post, you talked about tailoring your TikTok and your Instagram, and I yelled out, oh, and LinkedIn too. You speak very clearly and very briefly and get to the point. And some of those points are controversial. When did you realize... Or did, was it just a case of the old do it for you? Is this, when did you realize that you could, and I'm going to say blur the lines in business, not in your right. opinion or life. When did for you sure. realize sure. you could use your own personal authenticity to. Right. Um, you, you know, ooh, let's, yeah. Yeah. So no, we're going to go to, um, I was 13 or 14. I was younger. Wow. Um, okay. But. There was a, uh, so we're Catholic, right? We moved down to the Bible Belt. There was right. some Pentecostal church that was doing some, it, it wasn't a bashing of the Catholic church, but it was essentially mm-hmm. a, hey, here, here's X, Y, and Z, right? So there were like me, dad, a couple of dad's friends at the time, uh, like just went and infiltrated this thing, right? So like this thing ends and then we're like having conversations with, I'm like 14 years old, having like theological conversations with these people about the church and X, Y, and Z. So learned how to present your side of the story logically mm-hmm. with, with, with the, the backing, with some research, with the things, right? And all I did was translate that into, hey, hey, LinkedIn. I, I see that you're not allowing us to have a couple different conversations as we were in 2020, right? right. And uh, I was pay. I was livid. They kicked me off LinkedIn at like seven thousand followers, right? But like I, I, and I knew what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, when they Thanos, I had a post that got twenty, like twenty seven thousand, thirty thousand views back when they had the view count, and it had yeah. probably a thread, uh, a very respectful thread of like different sides of COVID lockdowns, right? right. That was very professional on both sides. Yeah, nobody was mm-hmm. screaming, nobody was doing anything. Mm-hmm. All I did was present present data and like and uh, appealed it appealed it again and then tried to log back in two days later my account was gone mm-hmm. but that was as as i saw just the the lack of logic essentially mm-hmm. inside of what everything everything was doing i was like okay cool like hit, where, where can i push the boundary where can i push the boundary yeah. and then just being the risk taker like what's the worst thing that happens you okay so i don't have linkedin mm-hmm. i probably got four hours of my life back weekly after that <laughs> oh for a God, little bit <laughs> uh, right um, but that was a that was like a seventh or an eighth grade logic class mm-hmm. just on how to present opinions and then uh, a couple of different a couple of different debate things through high school yeah um on how to like how to actually have discourse and a conversation versus a screaming match where John, you're on this side, I'm on this side. So we obviously can't have this conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, or friendship. Then diagrams. Right. 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 Or friendship um, or relationship. Right. Right. Yeah. I think and, one of the things that I was impressed by you then 2020, especially then, because I was yeah. on the opposite side of a lot of things. And, 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 and I think, the sense you just talked about the sense like referencing the book don't split the difference but you also i the adaptability to me is a big deal i feel like one of the things that as i've grown over the last we'll even say three years right that it, it my opinions have remained really close to the same however what i've also come to realize is that you are there's several people in my circle 
that I realized took me a minute, but like realized that that sense of that it's like I would be far better off and I'm not compromising when you're just allowing someone to express their beliefs. I just did right. somebody recently and I remember I we went through like it, it was like high school. You're talking 13, 14, I'm acting it. Where it's like, oh block and yeah and yeah and yeah and it's like all right, uh first off. Uh, I wasn't that popular in high school. I don't need to relive that. But, you know, <laughs> right. it, 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 it's like, but that's sort of absolutist. And one of the things yeah. that in terms from a communication side, and I, and I would imagine whether it is, you know, through valuetainment, whether it is through the ability to be a realtor, whether it's your ability to raise a family, a, you know, and, and, and sustain a marriage and relationships and grow is that there's a sense of being able to, as you said, the discourse without the screaming and, and hollering, right. like that, you know? Right. Um, Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure my, my older two are going to listen to this and be like, dad, dad, not screaming. What are you talking about? Um, but you know, it's, yeah, can we, have we, we, we all, we all still have our, we all still have our moments, <laughs> but no, well, that's the, uh, like, you're, you're a parent. And I was going to ask you of that. So you have very strong opinions and you've come from a family where it was as the coach, so to speak, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. What do you like raising the kids, uh, especially from a distance, even if it's yeah. part of the week? What is it yeah, like? Yeah, yeah. For you so, in terms, yeah. You know? So for for me, it's very much a like, I don't I, I want them to be the best versions of them. And there's no right. like I'm not going to. Am I going to stretch them and push them into different areas where they're uncomfortable? Yes, 100%. But it's also from a, a standpoint of uh, me pushing you down the road to ride the bike the first time. Mm -hmm. right? Like We're, we're going to let you be dangerous enough to hurt yourself and then like learn the lesson for whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So um, does that help on a FaceTime or a – like have I parented through the phone before? Yes, absolutely, because you have to. Well, it's just being where I'm at. Right, so, yeah. um, but it's very much, hey, when I'm home, I'm home. And when I'm gone, it's like I'm working. Mm -hmm. Right. So but they also understand, like, before I moved down here, they like we, we still have a board on the wall of what we're going to accomplish mm. as a family. Right. So mm. people do the individual goals all the time. But usually you're either not on the same page or the kids are like, hey, what's going on? Right. But we sat down and was like, hey, here's here's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be around for two or three years. Mm hmm. Or, hey, we're going to be apart for a little bit, but here's what we're driving towards. Here's why. Mm -hmm. Does that help the five-year-old on a normal day? No, not at all. Does that help the two-year-old? No, not at all. But like the like my middle kids are really the ones that are the most impacted by this because mm -hmm. they were little, little. And dad was getting out of the Navy. And all they knew was, hey, dad's been home. Dad's been doing X, Y, and Z, and now he's gone. Right. So like those are the, those are the, not that I don't try with all of them, but those are the relationships that I pour into a little bit more when I'm home, just so that they know, hey, like this, this is this is not a forever thing. This is why we're doing it. I think the vision part is huge. I was just was thinking about that. It's like for me, I remember like like when I was a boss with a company, all that stuff. One of the things that I I wish I did more yeah. was make certain that every conversation had a vision part of the conversation. Sure. You know, and I think that that whether it's parenting or for you, the business coaching. Or, or whatever you're guiding, I think that's terribly important to explain the why, the larger picture. Right. You know? Right. Well, and that was, thank you, Submarine Force, right? Because that was right. day one. They're like, 
we, we don't care if you're the brand new guy or if you've been here five years, right? If you don't know why you're not doing something or you see something that you think's wrong, like raise your hand the right way um, and ask because like maybe we're missing it, right? But we had a guy that was on the like on the boat two weeks, phone talker when we were moving torpedoes, right? That stopped the whole evolution and saved us probably three days of the pain because the like the crane got hooked on something. He's like, like stop, 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 right? Like, I'm like oh. Well, hey, thanks so much. Uh, and he, like, I think he got an award for it, like being being there two weeks, right? We we're like, this is this is what we're breeding, every step of the way. So that's where if, and this is not saying like go be disrespectful to your parents, right? But like, I tell my kids all the time, and I think I might may have said it once, right? But if I ever say because I said so, that's not a reason. Like, ask ask me that question, right? And they and they're not jerks about it, but I, I've put that out of the house all the time. I asked the question. Just, Why are we doing this, Dad? Okay, cool. How long good, did it good take question. you and your wife to come to this agreement that it was like this is going to be cool? The, the building this this plan. What was that an easy um, or you know? No, 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 no. And that's the like I, I get that question a bunch, right? Like, oh, what what was the plan? I'm like, well, mm-hmm. there wasn't one, everybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's we work we work well together. We complement each other. Um, but do you have somebody that understands, like, one, I don't want to say why we're here, but understands that, like, raising kids can be cool, right? And then the other side of that is, like, what, what are we driving towards, right? So, like, don't stop dating the people. Like, once you, once you have the person, like, the, that's not the end of it. That's the beginning of it, right? So if we're at Disney, Disney... Uh, uh, Disney movie it right like it's not a happily ever after it's hey now this is starting okay cool what's what's next what's next but it's also the like are, are you growing together because you're either growing together or you're growing further apart there's no there's no in between there we're not just maintaining again so the more the more you stay with common vision what are your goals what are her goals or what are his goals okay cool are, are those together figure it out and go I find that it's it's amazing to me to draw back on when you were a little kid to that moment right there when you were talking about what are the goals, what are the plans, you know, it, it's plans can change. Obviously, they get they get revised, uh, you know, and, and the submarine example is perfect uh, that there's nothing militant here. But to think, Nick, that you've been able to live your life, create a business model, build a family, all of it around the most basic elements of of planning vision consistency continued effort and and they sound so far removed sometimes in terms of oh my god or it sounds oh my god i know i know i know and then people don't do it you know right right and that's the you know what i'm saying so i'm only speaking for me it, it, it's Correct. amazing. One of the reasons I wanted you on, and I'll acknowledge you right now, which is which is this, aside from the fact that you've taught me a ton from afar, I think I shared with you on the podcast and in conversation, you making a call to me one time in terms of when I was running, you know, and pushing me and it was gross. Um, and I remember not the call, the running part, um, you know what I mean? And it was like, and you pushed me through encouraging and i this is where it, it it's really important that i get to say to you how much i admire you and it's 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 not just people's beliefs systems 
I've become really right. convinced now that individual belief systems are theirs. I think if you're coming from a place of service, if you're coming from a place of, of helping people out, I think it's really important to not act all high school and, you know, yeah. no, yeah, no, yeah. And the whole point of authenticity where it comes from for me is that I can keep evolving and growing. And Nick, it's honest to God, um, you're one of those people that helped me a ton along the way. Before I wrap, what's the best way that we could find you? I know your social media profiles and they will be on the podcast. Perfect. So you don't Perfect. have to okay. spell them out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so if those are going to be at the bottom of this, just, uh, te- yeah. Text me, everybody. It's 305-564-1664. If I can help you at all, um, shoot that over there and I, I will be of service as much as I can. Cause it's not just, especially with that run, right? right? Like you didn't need the kick in, you didn't need the kick in the ass there, right? You right. needed the, either the, I'm going to go talk to the girl or guy the first time at the bar. And you just needed like the two fingers behind you to, to get you going in the right direction. Right? You needed right. the nudge um, <laughs> to be like, this is the direction, right? So if you, you like, I don't care. really hard if it was girl. Um. <laughs> <laughs> right? But yeah, if, if anybody needs, if, if you're going through some stuff or you just need the, the motivation of the day, shoot me and I'll, I'll get back to you. Good man. As the Nick Mershon, uh, I thank you. I acknowledge you. I'm really grateful that you were here, man. And the do it for you part, I love. Um, oh, and massive problem solver. This was handled right before the call. But in all seriousness, you're a hell of a good guy, man. Would you come back? Absolutely. John, thanks so much for having me. 100%. Folks, you just heard another episode of Your Message Received. Keep liking, following, sharing, telling your folks. And we'll keep driving content through your front door. John Duffin from Duffin Media here. Have a great day, folks. Be well. Bye-bye. And now, making its way across the finish line, your message received has been a production of Duffin Media.